0: Hey everyone, welcome to Taking the Pulse, a healthcare and life sciences podcast. I am Heather Hoops Matthews with NP Strategy, here in the studio with Nexon Pruitt Healthcare Attorney Matthew Roberts. Matthew, good to be with you. Good to see you. We are honored to have join us today Dr. Patrick Colley. He is the CEO of MUSC Health and Executive Vice President for Health Affairs of the Medical University of South Carolina. Under Dr. Cawley's leadership, MUSC has become an award-winning provider of outstanding care to patients. Dr. Cawley, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Heather. I'm really happy to be here and have this conversation.
2: Matthew, good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you again.
0: Well, let's start with some good news. MUSC was ranked once again uh, as South Carolina's number one hospital and health system. Congratulations on that. And if you could start by telling us what sets MUSC apart.
1: Well, I, I think a couple things, Heather. First of all, uh, at our core, we focus on three things. You know that that's a clinical uh, achievement, number one, hospital. But MUSC, at its core, is really a combination of uh, clinical care, meaning we take care of patients. Uh, we also teach. Uh, we have a lot of different learners: medical students, nursing students, et cetera. And then we do research. So when you put all three of those together. I think that's what develops the special sauce and, you know, helps you take great care of patients uh, because you have to teach it and you're doing research uh, at the same time. And then it forces you to be really cutting edge. You know, what what is the edge of medicine? What is the edge of healthcare? So when you put all those things together, I think that's what that's the secret sauce to uh, achieving that year over year over year.
2: Dr. Cawley, the, your OBGYN and ENT programs have recently been singled out as high achievers in their specialties. What is MUSC doing with respect to fostering innovation and excellence in those two areas specifically?
1: Well, I, I, I think it's really more the same, but specifically in those areas. So I'll take uh, I'll take uh, OB uh, gynecology. So we take care of a lot of very sick um Mothers, as well as uh, women with gynecologic uh, problems, uh, the team there uh, fully embraces um, the, the, the most difficult uh, situations and forces them to hire great people. And you know, they they just embrace the the, the teamwork associated with that. Uh, our ENT team is the same way, and our ENT means ear, nose, and throat. Uh, that's a very eclectic group. Our head and neck surgeons, uh, particularly for cancer care, are world renowned. Our hearing team, um, you know, works on uh, things like specialty approaches to helping people hear better. They're also uh, world renowned. So they they take great care of patients, but they teach at all levels and they uh, uh, they they do cutting edge research. So I think that makes them. Um, just really, really good examples of what I I, I talked about earlier. Oh, okay.
0: I've watched Musc expand its reach across South Carolina over the past several years, and just continuing. How How do you manage uh, rapid growth, and and why is it important to Musc to expand?
1: Well, let's let's take the latter part of that question first. Why expand? So healthcare has changed a lot in the last 10 to 15 years. And if, if you're not delivering, you know, what I call whole person care, you know, in the past you, we could have, we could deliver care and, and patients could come to us and we could just take care of them for one slice of uh, who they are. They'd come to Charleston and we take care of that. They go back home. But in- increasingly care has to be whole person care. So you have to meet the patient where they're at. You have to meet them in their home and in their community if you're really going to get your arms fully around uh healthcare and given telehealth we have been a big believer from the beginning on uh telehealth and, and it allows you to expand out more and, and the more you do that that that's what people want they they want they, they don't want you just take care of your eye problem or your or your left heart problem they they want you to see everything so we we decided we had to be more aggressive uh, about doing outreach. When you start, when we start to do a little bit of outreach, send our doctors and nurses out. You know that led us to build more clinics, and then eventually it led us to uh, develop uh, hospitals. And before you know it, uh, you end up uh, physically across the entire uh, state. So you know that's how that growth happened. That didn't happen overnight. That happened over many many years of, of just trying to deliver um, a better care. You know, the second question is how do we manage that? Well, you know, as you grow and as you get, you know, different, um, than you were, you, you bring new team members in, you know, your current team may, your current team members, you know, they may be fine at the current level, but they're not ready to go to the next level. So you constantly have to reassess uh, who the team is. Do they have capabilities? Um, Etc. It's it's a really for us in the last five years, has been almost a a constant uh, turnover of of people and and reassessing. And this is what you got to do when you're a growing enterprise. Mm -hmm. You have to constantly reassess that because not everybody's ready to go to that next level. Some people are, um, and great for them. And uh, uh, we pat them on the back and uh, we 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 encourage them to do bigger and and greater things. But then some people you know you just have to say uh you know best for you to stay here and let's get somebody else to do that next level job but right. it's a constant reassessment
2: right you mentioned telehealth and and MUSC's center for telehealth is one of only two national te- telehealth centers of excellence and you're also uh, the headquarters for the this South Carolina Telehealth Alliance which was crucial during covid but what made MUSC take that leadership role in telehealth before anybody else did? We all know it's important, but you have sort of set the standard for it across the state.
1: Well, I, I mean it's a little bit of an interesting story, Matthew. About ten years ago, just as I was, I was the chief medical officer prior to stepping up into the CEO role. Right in that period of time between uh, me being CMO and stepping into the CEO role, we were offered an opportunity by the state to do some telehealth. Um, development very small dollars uh, at the time uh that the state uh, put forward and I, I you know we were offered it at MUSC uh it was kind of tossed around internally a little bit i grabbed it and said we'll, we'll be happy to take that and run with it and um and we used that to develop this center within MUSC and then we developed this carve out called the South Carolina Telehealth Alliance which was really Beyond MUSC, it was really meant for the entire uh, state. And it just became the place if, if you wanted to, if you were a believer in telehealth, that this was the future, this is where you came. These were big believers. Um, and, and we started with things like uh, the stroke network. You know, 10 years ago, stroke care in South Carolina was very fragmented, there, there was a lot of telestroke occurring but it wasn't connected everybody had their own proprietary systems but this group said listen we got to be connected we got to get outside proprietary systems they need to be secure and safe but let's start talking about linking together and you know today we can say that every single south carolinian is now within 1 hour of expert stroke care and that's a phenomenal accomplishment in uh, in that period of time and and that's just one of the stories uh, that many have developed. Um, it, it goes back to this original belief: you got to go meet people in their homes, in their communities, if you want to deliver the best uh, care. And 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 I'm a hospitalist. That's my medical background. Um, I've taken care of a lot of patients in in small and more rural communities. It is hard to deliver cutting edge stroke care without a telehealth linkage. And mm-hmm. this 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 kind of thing helps. So. Uh, we we think it's the future. You know, we were at it for eight years. Then COVID came along. It was, it was good timing. It allowed us then to uh, just pivot a little bit in order to get the telehealth going more. Uh, but you know, COVID really tested telehealth and and showed that it can be mm-hmm. uh, leveraged up pretty uh, uh, pretty big if if you wanted to.
2: What what about the payer's acceptance of telehealth in the post pandemic world? We know that's been sort of a a question which I don't know has been definitively answered yet. We know they paid for it during the COVID pandemic, but what about going forward?
1: Yeah, I took a deep breath as you asked that. Uh, (laughs) It's a little frustrating. Um, Sometimes the payers recognized how helpful it was uh, during the pandemic. Um, So I don't fully understand the reticence afterwards. Um, The data is a little mixed. I I get it. Uh, There is some data to show that potentially telehealth could raise um, uh, raise the amount of uh, uh, healthcare costs. There's other data to show that it won't. Um, I, I just don't know how you retreat.
2: Yeah, it is It is the future. Yes. Yeah, there's no way we can go back.
1: Yeah, I, I, that, that's, how, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And I, I still think at the end of the day, to the individual patient, I, I think it's a less expensive uh Option in many, many, many circumstances. All
0: right. Oh, without question, I live in McClellanville, and 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 for me to be able to do virtual with your team, Dr. Colley, and not leave my house in McClellanville and not have to come to downtown Charleston, it's absolutely better yeah. on no, a patient it, like me. Absolutely, I, I was just
1: talking to somebody yesterday, you know, who said, you know, they were sick and you know having a lot of uh, upper respiratory symptoms. They didn't want to leave their house. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had called me and they said they were having trouble accessing. And I, I said, just use our virtual urgent care. Right. They called me back about two hours later and said, God, oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> I'm even having the medication delivered to my, to my house. I mean, if you are sick yeah, and, and you don't need specialty care, you don't need to be seen in an emergency room, what better way of being taken care of Absolutely. than telehealth?
0: Continuing on that theme of going to people's homes, let's talk about organ transplants. We know they're life-saving procedures, and MUSC is now working to expand your transplant program across the state to hospitals in rural South Carolina. Will you talk about that?
1: Well, you know, maybe not a lot of people realize, but, you know, there are not enough organs uh, to cover all the organ transplants needed in, really, in the United States, and uh, but what you have to do, if you really to develop more organs, you got to bring the initiative more local. When when people begin to understand and they can connect, that you know, say Matthew or Heather needs a uh, organ, they're much much more likely to uh, donate. You know, if 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 they can. Um, so you have to make it very very personal. So we believe that if you're going to bring this life saving uh, technology you gotta bring it down to the community level. So, you know, historically people went to big transplant centers in cities, uh, but we think, yep, need to keep that going, but let's try to also bring it to the community. So uh, we've been talking about this for a few years and uh, we decided that we would try to bring this to um, our Lancaster Medical Center in uh, Lancaster, South Carolina. Um, they're They're in a good location, smaller, more rural, uh, community, but but reasonably still sized. Uh, they would, we we thought they would do well, and uh, not at all the typical hospital you would set up a kidney transplant program. But we did that, got it started. It started in the spring of '22, uh, and uh, as of last week, they had done about 25 kidney transplants in that hospital wow. in that community. Mm. And that—that's—that wasn't 25 people that were transferred from Charleston to Lancaster to get that done. No, those were 25 new people, really from the upstate of South Carolina that either weren't going to get transplanted or were going to have to travel much uh, further away. So we're, we're super excited about that. That example works. Um, we we are planning to bring that to other uh, similarly sized. Uh, medical centers across south carolina in the future
2: great that's that's great news um let's talk a little bit about the nursing shortage um uh, we know that's affecting everybody but for an entity like musc that goes statewide you've got some interesting partnerships with technical colleges um to try to help train nurses talk a little bit about that if you will
1: well, the, the nursing shortage is uh is, boy, is really complex if 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 you ask some experts we'll say if you look at it across the entire United States, there's not a shortage. They may be technically correct, but if you look at highly rapidly growing areas, you know that's where the real problems are. You just can't right. get enough uh, people there. Right. so that's why this that's why we have a big problem in South Carolina. part of its pay, so we're trying to address that. But then part of it's just getting people to Um, get trained. Um, And what we've discovered is we really got to team up with nursing schools. And there are the big nursing schools across the state, MUSC, USC, Clemson. But then there's a lot of technical uh, uh, college uh, nursing schools. That's really where the bulk of nurses uh, are trained, because there are so many technical schools. So so we're linking up at the local level. We're, We're in many different communities. So it's easy for us to team up with six or seven different of uh, the technical schools to try to um, shore up. And, you know, first of all, show young people that this is a great career. And then you can go to school uh, local. You can go for much, much less expensive. And then, you know, we'll, we'll give you rotations and we'll even give you a job at the end of it. So right. this is something that we we didn't do as much in you know maybe three or four years ago, but uh, we're definitely uh, making inroads here and, and teaming up like we like we haven't before.
0: Last question for you, Dr. Colleen. Thank you for the rapid fire on all these different topics we've been throwing at you. Let's end by looking at the future and talking about the next generation. So, MUSC has started a, a, investing in a South Carolina health equity consortium. And right now, a dozen undergraduates are gaining experience there in the MUSC Hollings Cancer Center Laboratories. What is this and why?
1: Well, it goes a little bit back to what I said before. A lot of young people don't understand uh, the type of different jobs and career opportunities in healthcare. I, I, I think we, make an, we made an assumption in the past that they, um, that they know. But, but they really don't. And, and in fact, MUSC is part of a, really a statewide effort through the South Carolina Hospital Association to get young people to understand just the many, many different types of jobs. You know, everybody knows about doctors and nurses, but but there are great jobs in research labs, um, all kinds of technical uh, positions. I, I mean, just, just numerous, numerous uh, types of uh, jobs in healthcare, and in academic uh, health systems. Um, And then this problem is even more acute in underrepresented uh, minorities um, and and in poor communities. They just just don't have as much knowledge. So what we're trying to do is is reach out and try to connect with people and directly show them uh, what some of these opportunities are. Almost in every single case, when we show them um, opportunities, they considered things that they had never ever seen before, so wow. uh, that's success. So if all of a sudden they start thinking about, boy, that's a job I might like or a career mm-hmm. I might like, then, then, then we've done our job. So we're pushing on that uh, just as hard. That's wow. a
0: blessing for both them and for you. Oh, for sure, right? Brings yeah. good talent in.
1: Well, and and it's a blessing for their community because in, in many circumstances these are often often good paying positions. And they're going to bring, um, you know, those dollars back into their own communities, which, you know, further help their communities.
0: Dr. Pat Colley, thank you so much for your time today and for the good work for you and your MUSC team. Uh, It's exciting to hear about all these different topics. We hope you'll come back one day. Join us again.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Heather.
2: Thanks, Matthew. Thank you.
0: For those of you who joined us today, we hope you uh, got excited a little bit about the conversation and what you heard that's going on at MUSC in South Carolina across the state. Look forward to seeing you next time right here on Taking the Pulse, a healthcare and life sciences podcast.